0: Welcome to the 2016 R2 Joyful Recovery Stepping into Freedom Convention. special welcome if today is your first day at the convention. My name is Bill and I'm a compulsive overeater and your moderator for this workshop. Please join me in the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Before we begin, we ask that all cell phones or other electronic equipment be turned off. Even if you think it's off, please check again. The opinions expressed here today are those of individual OA members and do not represent Region 2 or Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. OA members are reminded when sharing to speak to your recovery in the program of Overeaters Anonymous only. To protect our anonymity, no photography, audio, or visual recording is allowed. If there is press in the room, please do not take any unauthorized pictures or identify anyone using their first name. There will be audio recordings of this workshop, which you may purchase outside in the foyer. This workshop will have speakers followed by Ask It Basket questions. During the workshop, please keep the basket moving. The topic for this session is LGBT stepping into freedom. The principle is neutrality. We will begin with a selection from A Common Solution, Diversity and Recovery, pages 20 and 21. I am privileged to be a member of the gay and lesbian community with whom I share a special spirit. Plus, I enjoy blessings beyond belief as a member of Overeaters Anonymous. I bring a unique view to issues facing compulsive overeaters. It's an honor to carry the message of recovery to other gay and lesbian people who see that, like everyone else, they can recover from this disease. Let's welcome Carol, our first speaker. Fifteen minutes, then five, then three. All
1: right, well, good morning, everybody. My name is Carol. I am a compulsive reader. Hi, Carol. And um, yeah, that snuck up on me a little quicker than I expected, so um, I would like to welcome you all here. Um, it takes me a second to get grounded, so let me see where I want to start. First of all, happy Pride weekend. It's um, it, it was a nice that we all made the choice to be here today. Oh, up higher. Sorry. Okay. Anyway, um, what I wanted, I'll just give you a little bit about what it was like, what happened, what it's like now. Um, when I um, first started in O.A., I made a few false starts back in the 80s, but when I came back in earnest in um, it's actually twelve years ago this weekend, and um, I was two hundred and thirty nine pounds, and I was tired of um, I was tired of not being able to stop eating. Um, I thought that I was getting a benefit from what I was eating. I thought that it was helping me feel better. But in reality, it was killing me. And um, so I'm very grateful that I found the rooms and that I've been coming ever since and abstaining since that day from sugar, which is a miracle because that was my go-to, first choice. So um, let's see... It was a little confusing on what we talk about because we had neutrality, we had gay and lesbian issues, we have our story. So I sort of was setting up on how that connected to me. And what um, what I saw was, well, just from the gay and lesbian aspect, I started, I came out in um, the mid-80s and I... In the typical lesbian fashion, I met my partner and we moved in three months later and we've been together ever since. (laughs) And um, I was a normal weight at that time when we met and we actually had a wedding. We were trailblazers. We had a wedding in 1990 and that was probably the last thin picture of me was on my wedding day. I think that's typical gay or straight. It happens a lot. And um, starting on um, that day, there was a... We made a choice to have this particular sweet at our wedding that felt safe because it was fruit juice sweetened. And that just started the um, started me into a cycle that I had been avoiding <clears throat> for several years. So I, my weight went up and up and up. And um, I have to say, too, how it ties into gay and lesbian issue is that was during the time when all of the um, real strong political fights against gay rights were being extremely um, visible and vitriolic. And um, so I'm a person who is naturally insecure, naturally feels like I'm different, naturally feels like... um, you know just insecure and, and uh, um so to have that message sort of um surrounding me by plaque you know people driving around carrying placards saying um lesbian and gays are terrible or whatever you know go to hell <laughs> um that sort of fed into my internal dis- discomfort so um during that time period, I gained a lot of weight and um, and actually, you know, really struggled with issues of self esteem. So, so fast forward, I uh, I don't know how much to actually say about my story, but um, when I was. Uh, uh, the other good, th- the other thing about being in the um, gay and lesbian community is it wasn't as shameful, at least as a woman, to be overweight. It was accepted, and there was a lot of freedom in that for me because I felt that I didn't have to look a certain way in order to be accepted there. So I, I would almost always um, part of my thing was to have sorry that this is poppy in the sound um, part of my thing was wherever I was, I was kind of a people pleaser, so I would try to be who you who I thought you wanted me to be wherever I was, and it wasn 't necessarily conscious it's just the way I operated so um, I remember feeling extremely relieved when I was in a situation where it was gay and lesbians where I could I didn't feel I need to put on makeup. I didn't feel like I needed to act a certain way to to be who I was. Um, and yet that also was a little bit of a trap because for me, the overweight and the overeating also fed into that downward, um, the way I felt poorly about myself and also that I was not healthy. You know, like I was trying to, if I would try to go for a hike, I was, you know, 35 years old and huffing and puffing and huffing and puffing and older people were going ahead of me. So I didn't, I didn't feel that good about that. So anyway, I came to program. I was able to, like I said, very quickly, I was relieved of the obsession I wasn't relieved of the obsession with sugar I was relieved of the inability to eat eat sugar so I I just stopped and um and very soon after that the um cravings left it was really amazing and um since then it's been a road of gradually having more and more freedom in my, from various food products and food behaviors and ways of eating. And it's, it's, I won't say it just has magically happened. (laughs) There has been a lot of work, you know, a lot of step work, a lot of service, a lot of, um, Probably the sponsorship was the first major thing that really, really helped is that sharing with another person exactly what was going on with me, whether it was my food, whether it was my feelings. I was deeply ashamed of so many of my thoughts and feelings, and I was also, because I was a people pleaser, and I didn't have, you know, I'm I'm with this partner for many years, and um I was afraid that if I gave up the food that we would break up. I just, this was my natural thought process. (laughs) And um, what I got to find out over time is that we had a pretty solid relationship and that the food wasn't a reflection of our bad relationship, that my, you know, problems with food, but that my problems with food were the way I reacted to life and that I had to find new ways to react to life. So that has been the great, um, great freedom that's come from that. And, um, you know, I'll tell you too, because I started out in our, I don't know, AA, I started out there and the book is very, um, specific about what character defects you have. There's four character defects, you know, um, anyway, I didn't relate to that part. They were like um, self-centeredness, self-seeking, fear, and I think there's one other one. And um, I couldn't understand how that applied to me. And what happened is, when I came to OA, and my sponsor gave me a little more expanded version of character defects, and um, one of the character defects, and I wrote this down yesterday because I remembered it, was insecurity. Insecurity. It's like, oh, that's a character defect. I thought that was just part of my fabric. So, what happened is, once I started looking at that as a character defect, I was able to invite some light into it. I was able to have... um, It was a total mind shift to think that that was a character defect. So I could ask for help from a person. Oh, my goodness. Five minutes. Okay. I could ask for help from people. I could ask for help from my higher power, which I choose to call, I don't know. (laughs) I have no idea what it is. But I do know that when I step out of the way and when I ask for help, that it... um, I, I feel calm and I feel peaceful. So anyway, since I'm took me so long to get to this. I'll just try and get clear. Um, about three years ago, I became, I um, started becoming much more precise about my food. I started weighing and measuring my food. I went to three meals a day, nothing in between, and most difficult, nothing after dinner. That was my main time to eat. Um, And um, I was so afraid because of my insecurity and my anxiety that I would just become a mass of nerves and not be able to leave the house. I I thought, this is comforting my nerve endings, and there's no way I'm going to be able to live in the world without it. And what happened is, shockingly, I became less anxious, which I never in a million years could have predicted, and I don't know if it was specific foods or if it's because I felt better about myself or what. But it was during that time that I lost the remainder of my weight to bring me to my healthy body weight. And also the surprise that my insecurity and my um, anxiety lessened amazingly. And I don't think it was just because I felt you know, cute or something like that. It was because um, something... I don't know. I just felt. I have continued to feel better, and I, and I'll have to say that even one year ago, there's no way I could have stood up here because I was my internal critic was so mean that um, whenever I spoke in front of a group, even if it was a group of ten people who I knew well, I would spend the next um, twenty four hours beating myself up and no one knew this about me i didn't show it on the outside but it was just um it was terrible and i have to say that for whatever reason that has been lifted for me this in the past year a little over a year and i might you know later today go oh why did i say that but i'm not going to um beat myself up and i'm certainly not going to have to go eat something extra because of that which is a miracle so um See um on the topic of neutrality which is what the subtopic is on this neutrality is um outside issues and i find this kind of confusing as a lesbian woman it's like um so is it okay to say i'm in the gay community is it a, you know it's that whole thing of what is considered an outside issue and what isn't and um like i heard someone last week say well, it's not okay to say I'm upset about um, the Orlando shooting because that's an outside issue, and I'm like, I don't, I don't think that's true. I think we talk about what we need to talk about, and um, and we also have to acknowledge that other people have their own issues too. I don't, I, I, I don't know the answer to this question. I don't know the answer to this question, but I know that. For me, what it's all about right now is being willing to speak my truth and to allow others to speak their truth and that is becoming more and more what um what it matters and how we how to stay in program and how to stay abstinent is to be willing to acknowledge the truth and then to share it with another person and um at, at deeper and deeper levels so Let's see. Um, Well, I know I only have a couple minutes left, and there are four of us, and I'm really kind of at a loss. All I can say is um, keep coming back. I'm so glad that you're all here. I'm so glad that I'm here. I'm glad that we have this special um, workshop gay and lesbian issues because I think it's extremely, um, validating. You know, um, when I first came in, I, I lived in the Marina in San Francisco. There were no visible gays in that area. And, um, I had to go across town to feel, um, like it was okay for me to just be who I was. And I know mostly that was inside my head, but not always. So, um, I just want to say um, thank you all for being here and yeah, keep coming back.
0: Our second speaker is Nate. And thank you, Carol.
2: Hello everyone. I'm Nate. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, Nate. Hi, welcome. Thank you for being here. So I've been in OA for eleven years. I'm from Santa Cruz, California. I'm so glad to be here. This is my first convention, so I'm really excited to be here. Yay. (laughs) This is exciting, exciting day. It's an honor to speak. Um I'm very, very grateful to be in O.A. It saved my life. And um, so what else can I tell you? I've lost 100 pounds. And um, I'm still working on losing weight. I'm working toward a healthy goal weight. Um, And I'm a transgender man. And um, when I first came to O.A., I was really, I really hit bottom. I was pretty desperate. I wanted, I didn't want to go on living. I um, did not, and I thought OA was not going to work. I just thought, "Ha ha, God, I will try it, and it's not going to work." But I, I thought, well, but if I don't try it, I'll feel guilty for not trying it. So <laughs> I went anyway. And I walked in the door, and I was—I sat down in a meeting, and I listened. And they read the twelve step, the twelve steps, and the twelve traditions. And well, at first they read the whatever it is. Anyway, so um, after the twelve steps, they read this little nice little paragraph, and in that paragraph, it includes. The statement that says, we give you the gift of acceptance. And I'm like, what? <laughs> really? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> you know, Because I came in with such self-loathing. I had no acceptance of myself at all. And then the thought that these people are going to accept me with all these food behaviors that I have and how different I am. Wow. That was just huge. It was so huge. And so I realized what I needed and craved was acceptance and I kept coming back I went to 90 meetings in 90 days I grabbed some literature and read it voraciously and it turned my life around at the time I was living appearing as a woman I am a transgender man that means that I was identified female at birth but really I'm male and um, I did not accept that at all um until about two years ago. Then I accepted it and transitioned, became male-appearing, taking hormones um, to do so. And that was a process. I did so within OA. And my groups, they supported me. They accepted me, and very lovingly so. And I treasure that. Neutrality. Neutrality. What a joy neutrality is in our program. No one said anything negative about my gender identity, in O.A. Nothing. In fact, I got a lot of support. I'm my authentic self. And it's a gift from program that I could do so. And it's a gift from program that I'm absent, that I have clear thoughts that I have joy in my life. And only because of OA could I do this. I want to read a little bit. I don't usually like to read when I share, but this was so good. It's Voices of Recovery, our daily, one of our daily readers, June 24th, yesterday, says, What we all have in common is that our bodies and minds seem to send us signals about food which are quite different from those the normal eaters receive. We have a lot in common, don't we? My diseased mind tries to tell me that by compulsively eating certain foods, I can make a situation better. I tried to do that my whole life. I now know this is not true. I accept the fact that I react to foods differently from normal eaters. I am different from a normal eater. I may also feel that my life is very different from my fellow OA members. Our compulsive eating may be the only thing we have in common, but that doesn't matter. Our desire to stop eating compulsively brings us together as one. Even the most different OA fellow, OA fellow shares my disease. Being part of the OA fellowship means that I never have to feel alone. My mind will never operate the way way a normal eater does i accept the fact that i will always have this disease however i now now i know longer have to feel isolated different or ashamed today i can rest easy in the fact that i am not alone i rely on oa i rely on the fact that we have neutrality in oa i rely on the fact that we have this disease in common And that I can be myself in OA. How am I doing for time? Nine minutes. minutes, Thank you. (sighs) I have grown so much in OA. This This is my 12 and 12. As you can see, it's pretty beaten up. I use the 12 steps. I've been in relapse twice. That's when I didn't use the steps. I decided that I was going to do things my way instead of my higher powers way. It didn't work. (laughs) Um, Nate's way doesn't work. Higher powers way does. Uh, I have to have a sponsor and work the 12 steps with my sponsor. That's what works for me. Going to meetings works. Using the tools works. That's how I stay abstinent. And staying abstinent keeps me clear thinking and keeps me living a happy, joyous, and free life. And all of you being in program with me, that's what helps me keep abstinent and letting go. I used, many years ago, I was in a psychiatric hospital. This was in like 1991. And I was suicidal and I hadn't. A lot of it had to do because I didn't accept myself. I didn't accept who I really am. And, um, and some brain chemistry was off. And I came out of the hospital and I was in a day program where they were lecturing us. And they said, all you, all you people have to do is let go and let God. That's it. And I thought, you've got to be kidding me. That's all I have to do? Do you have any idea how hard that would be for me? I've been through trauma. <laughs> you don't know my life. I was angry. I was so angry. You, you can't expect me to let go and let God. But the guy was right. <laughs> he was right. Letting go and letting God was exactly what I needed to do. But I didn't know how. I didn't know how. And the reason is I didn't know the 12 steps. I didn't know program. I, I wasn't in a program. So in OA I learned, first I have to realize that I'm powerless. I'm powerless over all those things that I was trying to hang on to so tightly, to fix, to do something about. No, it doesn't work that way. That's Nate's will, and it doesn't work that way. So I had to admit that I'm powerless, and my life is chaotic. It's it's a mess because I'm trying to do it my way. And then I had to realize that, you know, that there is a higher power that could restore me to sanity. Which I didn't like that word because I didn't want to admit that I'm insane. But, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, you know, working step two, then I thought, but I was raised in the church. That didn't work. Ha! Huh. I know all about God. Ha! Huh. Yeah, but the thing is, what's a higher power? Oh, that's a different concept for me, anyway. Um, A higher power is, is something that can restore me to sanity. It's something that can give me that power to work the program, give me the power to be abstinent, can work power in me, can change my life. And I can accept that. Oh, I was using... Food is my higher power. My compulsion is my higher power. My compulsively overeating. I see. That's different. Okay. So then, what do I do with that? Oh, I turn my will and my life over to my higher power. All right. That's not easy. Thank you. Five minutes left. So, as I turn my will and my life over to my higher power, kicking and screaming and not wanting to do that, then I realize I took it back. I could do that in the morning, and then during the day I take it back again. So then i got to turn my will and my life over again. Aha. All right. Okay. But if I turn my will and my life over to my higher power, my higher power gives me the power to let go and let God these traumas that I've been through I can let go of them I can release them Get let go of that death grip I have on them you know the way I was treated as I was a kid told no you can't be a boy no bo- No, nice girls don't do that you know nice girls don't have muscles <laughs> everybody has muscles <clears throat> mom (laughs) anyway you know uh, but I can let go of all that I can let go of that that. did I do that on my will did I do that on my strength no that was higher power (sighs) events events happening that are traumatic are traumatic and I have feelings about them does that mean I don't feel no I feel yeah I feel I have all kinds of feelings. Do I eat over them? No. No, I deal with those feelings. I call people. I write about them. I deal with them. And I turn them over to my higher power. I go to meetings and I talk about them. Yeah, and I have have really great meetings that I go to in Santa Cruz. They're very supportive. Three minutes, thank you. And and I have a great sponsor who talked to me through my transition. And we where did the steps around my transition? Yeah, it can be done. Being LGBT, we can work the steps around it. Yeah. And I just I'm grateful for neutrality in away i'm grateful that the diversity statement says that we're welcome doesn't you know regardless of sexual orientation regardless of gender identity we're welcome in away and that is a fact and we can count on that if anybody ever says otherwise refer them to that statement <laughs> so i'm go- so that's it for me thank you all for being here
0: Thank you, Nate. Our third speaker is Cynthia.
3: Hi, I'm Cindy, Composite Reader. Hi, Cindy. Hi. And um, thank you for the first two speakers and everyone for being here. Um, I'm really grateful to be part of this um, program. And I've been here for 16 years. And I came in the program at 479 pounds. Um, I was um, eating myself to death, and, um, yeah, there was just no freedom in my life. You know, my whole life consisted of food and pleasing other people and not knowing who I was. And um, this program has changed my entire world. It has given me freedom from this disease and freedom from... The bondage of my weight, uh, which I held on to for so many years, because I've been—I'm a relapse survivor, and I've relapsed many, 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 many times. So I've been here for 16 years, but today I have um, three years of abstinence um, as of last week, and I thank God every day for that. Um, I've been maintaining close to a 250-pound weight loss, and I'm so grateful for that too. And these are things that I have to remind myself because I forget. Um, but the weight. Was actually one of the very small gifts that I received compared to all the other gifts that I've received in this program. Um, when I came in the program, I couldn't look anybody in the eye, and um, today it's still so hard for me. I stare at the ground when I speak a lot, and that's something that I am consciously aware of. So I have to like force myself to like look out into. And, and you, you guys are like so beautiful. You know, like anytime I I look into everyone's eyes, it's like. I see that acceptance, and I see, um, you know, that understanding and that relation. And and when I got here, I was never, um, I was never a part of anywhere. I never fitted anywhere. And you know, I have I come from a family of some compulsive eaters and people who just seem like they really have their life together. And I'm not one of them. You know, I feel like I. Um, I felt like, you know, I was absent the day that God handed out the books of life and and the instructions for for norm, normalcy. Um, so I've never felt like I fit in anywhere. And even to this day, it's something I struggle with in my family. Um, I feel really apart from when I'm in my, you know, in my circle, in my little um, family of origin. And I come here, and I have a family of choice, and... Um, you know, I can walk in the room full of strangers, and it's like you're family to me, no matter who you are, you know? And I am... Um, this program has given me freedom from the food obsession, and an understanding of a power greater than myself, and just the, someone mentioned how um, acceptance is such a gift, and I, I can't even begin to explain, like, what that means to me, you know? And my sexuality is something that I actually really struggle with a lot and I've struggled with it throughout the years and I worked the steps on it and I've talked about it and I've done a lot of things, um, around that issue. And, um, because I don't like being different, you know? And yet, you know, in a sense, I love being different, you know, cause it makes me, you know, that whole like, um, come here, stay away thing where, you know, our heads are kind of messed up, but, um, I was 479 pounds, that made me different. I was a compulsory eater, that made me different. Um, you know, I have a special needs child, that makes me different. Like, I feel like my whole life makes me different. And this was just another way that I was different. And um, I've been in um, homeless shelters and in abusive relationships, and I've lost jobs, and I've gone through a lot of stuff in my life. And... Um, this program has given me the ability to deal with those things, um, you know, without eating, and to deal with them. Um, looking back now, because some, you know, some of it happened many years ago when I was eating, but just, just, um, just all the things that I've gotten from this program that are way beyond the food. I just want to share about because the food is such a small part of it, and the weight is such a small part of it. you know it's amazing to be able oh, I got up at f- five thirty this morning and I just like went for a walk like a really long walk outside just because I wanted to like that is not the person that walked in these rooms. I used to like sit in my bed and watch sweat into the oldies. That's the kind of person that I was well probably while eating I'm sure, and um you know I, I get. I'm so grateful when I wake up and I get another day, and I, you know, I'm in these rooms, I'm at this convention, and I have like this glow about me, that I'm just, I feel like I'm on cloud nine because I'm here with my people, and, um, you know, I've um, been in a relationship with my partner for eight, almost eight years now, and um, I have a lot of higher power issues revolved around my sexuality, so I. I have a lot of, um, I have a hard time believing that, um, or actually what I have a hard time with is not believing in what a lot of people think about, you know, the, the, like, Christian God and how that God feels about people like me. You know, so that's been a real struggle for me. And, um, but I think of God, my God is love, you know, and, And my partner is someone that gives me, like, the relationship that we have is just so pure, you know. And so full of love that I just can't believe that that kind of relationship is not from God. Because if God is love, and I believe that God is love and anything that comes from God is love in my eyes so that is what I try and tell myself but it's not so easy to believe Um, and actually um, I cry a lot so don't mind me but um, when I was at when I volunteered to be a speaker and I was asked to like speak here I was like this is like the last panel in the whole convention that I would want to like this would not be my choice and it was almost funny when I thought about it because it's like God has a sense of humor because this is something that I struggle with. So my first thought was like, how can I possibly bring anything to anybody? Um, but I'm here and, you know, maybe there's other people who, you know, have struggled with the same thing that I can bring hope to. And Because, you know, even though there's this stuff in my head, this negative stuff in my head, I still keep moving forward, you know. And, um, you know, I I just keep moving forward and I'm not going to deny whoever it is that I am. And I really love the principle of neutrality um, because that's kind of how I feel. Um, I'm neutral. Like, I don't really feel that I fit in to the LGBT community or not. Like, I'm just who I am. You know, like, my sexuality doesn't define me. Um, I don't, like... You know, I don't say I'm straight or gay or anything. I'm just me, you know. And I am um, in love with a woman, and I happen to be in love with a woman, and that's just a fact. And, um, you know, this program gives me freedom to be that way too, you know, to be neutral with whatever the issue is. And, um, you know, I spent a lot of, a lot of time. I, had a, I have a friend who used to say that food is their lower power, and I spent a lot of time with my lower power, so now it's time to spend with my higher power. You know, um, acceptance is such a gift. You know, when we come in here, we get to accept each other exactly as we are. And, you know, I, um, I've been coming back for 16 years, and, um, you know, I'm so grateful that this program was here every time I left, and... A lot of times I didn't leave. I just kept eating in the rooms because there's hope here, you know. When I came in here, I w- could not look the world in the eye. Um, I I lost... I've lost jobs from this disease. I've lost so much of myself. Um, I have not been able to be a good employee, a good parent, a good partner, a good anything. You know, when I'm face down on the food, the food is the only thing that matters in my life. And today... I stand with my head held high, you know, and I walk like I have a purpose in this world. People know me. I'm of service. I put on workshops in my area on a lot of different issues and, um, you know, just just being able to bring other people hope, like, that is what I was put on this earth to do, you know, to be able to share with, with somebody else the gift that I've been given in this program is like the most amazing thing. And that wouldn't have happened if I didn't, you know, if I stopped coming back. And I've never stopped coming back. And I'm so grateful for that. Sometimes it felt like that's the only thing that I could do. And thank you. My life today is so different, you know. I have such freedom from the food today. Um, I can go anywhere and still be absent. Um, I can, you know, Food is all around me. I'm not afraid of of food anymore, you know. I can go into places that I used to binge at and and not eat or eat abstinently, depending on the situation, and I don't have to be scared. Um, There was a time when I was, like, terrified of food, and I'm not there today, and I'm grateful for that. Um, This month, I actually have um, 10 years at my job. I've never done anything for 10 years. Um, Other than here, you know, just being able to hold down a job. And I've gotten um, such amazing, like, promotions and things that God placed into my life that I almost, like, stepped away from, you know. Because God brings me good things sometimes, and it's my choice whether I pick them up or not. And there's been a couple times in, in my job where, you know, I don't like gambles, You know, like, I like a sure thing, and I've had to take a chance a couple times, a leap of faith, and each time it's been an amazing adventure. And um, today I have a teenage daughter that has special needs, and I would pull out my hair if it wasn't for this program. You know, she drives me crazy sometimes, and it's very challenging, and I don't have to hit her, I don't have to scream at her, you know. I, I use I find humor in life a lot, and you know that's one way that I that's one way that I deal with things that are frustrating, and you know things that could make me angry and and powerlessness. Sometimes I feel completely powerless over her behavior, which I am a lot of the time, and um, I either cry, which I do sometimes too. Um, thank you, or I, I joke and. I laugh, and, you know, I find I find joy in life, so much joy in life. And I met my best friends here, and, um, you know, I I mentioned that I put on workshops, and the person that came in this room, like, literally could not even speak for, like, 10 seconds. Like, I remember one time, like, my sponsors would buy me chips and have to give, you know, if I got, like, 30 or 60 days, and have to give them to me because I would not, like, raise my hand to get a chip because that meant I had a talk. I was so terrified, you know. And um, today I can stand here and share my story and not even really be, like, all freaked out or, or scared to death or anything, just be who I am. And that is such a gift that this program has given me too, you know. So I am really grateful that you all are here Um you know, this room is full of higher powers and whoever our higher power is, this room is filled with love and fellowship and kindness. And that is really um, what it's all about to me. You know, there's this part in the OA 12 and 12 that says, I need to be willing to let go of any concept of a higher power that does not help me stop eating compulsively. And that God that thinks I'm wrong because I love someone of the same sex does not help me. Stop being compulsively. You know, the God that thinks that love is love, regardless, you know, is the God that I have today and that can um help me to recover and has, you know, one day at a time for the past three years. So thank you for being here and for letting me share.
0: our fourth speaker is April.
4: Hi, everyone. My name is April, and I'm a compulsive overeater. Can you hear me? So um, I was talking with my wife last night, and, and the question came up. So do you identify as lesbian or... You know, like, why are you going to be speaking in this thing? And I said, I identify as a compulsive overeater, um, first and foremost. And um, when I first met her, that was, uh, she was making it clear to me that she identified as a professional woman <laughs> in her profession, that her profession defined her. And and I said, well, being a member of a, reco- a recovering um, fellowship is um hopefully, what defines me. I've been in this program for 15 and a half years now, and I came in at a top weight of, or at least I will say a measured weight of 187, and I've been able to maintain a 50-pound weight loss, plus or minus a couple of pounds throughout, through um, the miracles that um, are available to us here. Um. I guess I want to start by saying that um, food and sexuality um, have kind of been intertwined for me from a very early age. Um, You know, I reached puberty. It wasn't until puberty that food became an issue for me. Up until then, I was a pretty thin kid. Some of that had to do with food availability and um, not living in the most prosperous um, family, but it also had to do with um, I wasn't um, obsessed with my body. <laughs> and once I reached puberty, I became aware of my sexuality I, in terms of I just became aware that I was a sexual person. Um, and that in, in and of itself caused me a lot of pain and feelings of vulnerability and confusion And, um, and then when I realized that my sexuality was, um, really defined by my attraction to women, um, that made it even more complicated for me. And this was back in the day when, I mean, I grew up in a neighborhood where we called each other faggot freaks Just because we thought you were jerks, and (laughs) didn't even know what that meant. I mean, so there was absolutely in my um, world no idea of the gay community and that people were different. I do know I was attracted to women, and I seemed to be obsessed with uh, with stories about that, um, even if they were subtle. Uh, and I didn't know how to handle that. In addition to just being a vulnerable girl, um, and having grown up in an alcoholic family. So I had a lot of fear, feelings of vulnerability and an inability to cope with any of it. Um, and that's when food also became a really, it became my coping mechanism. It, was how I dealt with all sorts of uh, complicated feelings and confusions. Anger and fear were probably the two main ones. And um, and I continued down that route. I came out in the early 70s. And um, at that point, food was not an issue for me. And it was... This, Seventies in the Mission district in San Francisco, and it was a wonderful time to be out um, and it's kind of like now, frankly, <laughs> but just in that more localized um, framework and then um, then some changes in my life happened, and i became i again was feeling fearful and vulnerable and um, I hooked up with a man and because we were kind of like best friends. And I stayed married for a long time because I didn't want to leave because I was fearful and feeling vulnerable. And um, that's when I just started putting on a lot of weight again. Um, so I'd been yo-yoing. I was put on my first diet when I was 15. Um, anyway, um, my uh, my weight became... More and more of an issue when I couldn't stop gaining weight, I couldn't stop eating, um, and I tried just maintaining and accepting myself as a large person um, because, you know, it's politically correct, right? You know, we shouldn't um, be shameful of who we are. Um, but um, it was to the point that I was becoming really desperate. And so I came to OA. I knew I could not deal with this weight issue on my own. And I'd had some success with 12 Steps um, in other areas of my life, but the higher power thing had really kept me from reaching any kind of um, substantial recovery. So I came into OA and gave up the food. And basically, as soon as I gave up the food, I became totally aware of how unhappy I was in my marriage and how important it was for me to be with women. And and it took me another five years of abstinence and working the steps before I really came out again, um, up until then I just considered myself bisexual and it wasn't an issue. If you're married to somebody, you're just married to somebody. Um, but for me to make that change and leave a marriage of so many years, um, it took a lot of courage and I could only do that because I had a higher power by then. And I relied on my higher power. I relied on the steps for me to take that very important moral inventory of who I am. And, um, also to rely on a higher power to lift the character defects, which stood in the way of me really being who I am. And I'm really, really grateful for that. And the fellowship was really, um, supportive of me in doing that in all the different stages that it took. I didn't, um, get the best or the warmest welcome <clears throat> or response from my family <clears throat> and I've had to deal with some of that pain but as others have said I have a family of choice that um, large, for a large part is here in this fellowship um, so when I look back on this I think you know was it giving up the food that, uh, or was it kind of like, what was the chicken and the egg? Was it um, feeling confused about my sexuality that led me to the food? Um, But then after a while, it's like you're in the food and you're not really aware of what your issues are, what your desires are, what your fears are. You're just coping day to day and the food is powerful Um, baffling and what's the other word? (laughs) Um, Anyway, it's all those things. And um, it clouds everything. It clouds absolutely everything. So instead of having a primary relationship with a man or a woman, it was with food. And it was a very um, unhealthy relationship. So, I also know that uh, compulsive overeating runs in my family, and I can't say that um, the rest of my family is dying to come out. They're just victims of compulsive overeating. It's a disease, and for some of us, you know, whatever trauma it is that we're dealing with, whatever complicated issues that we're dealing with, food seems to be the way in which we cope. Um, But having said that, the great thing is because of Overeaters Anonymous and the 12 Steps, we have a way to get out of the food and deal with whatever it is that we were unable to deal with. So we actually have a chance of what I would say rebirth and growing up finally and coming out. And I don't mean that as a LGBT issue, but just stepping out into the world as who we are. Um, because it, it takes a lot of courage, I think, for anyone to be who they are in this world. And for some of us, it's even harder because, there are some, because there's not a great acceptance out there. And while last year and the year before, we may have been celebrating um, equal rights for marriage... This year, we're fighting um, for trans rights, and we're fearful because of hate crimes. So it's it's not a steady trend toward uh, freedom, but I know for myself, I wouldn't be a part of that if it weren't for this program. I would be still hiding in the shadows, and um, I now work for an LGBT uh, organization, and um, that's nice, but I also know that for me, being a compulsive overeater is um, is the first and foremost thing that defines me, and that's never going to change. Um, just like I'm sure my sexual sexual orientation is never going to change. Um, you know, my income may change, uh, my weight will may change, and it probably will. Uh, my height probably won't change, but um, there are certain givens, and I've come to fully accept that this disease is a lifelong disease. Um, it's a chronic disease. It, there's not a cure for it. And all the problems that I have today are luxury problems. Um, they're problems that most people have. But now I don't have to turn to the food to deal with them. Um, so... Um, I just want to say, too, that I'm, I really like the theme of the conference, Stepping into Freedom, um, because uh, when I think about my coming out and my abstinence and my recovery stories, that that's how I feel. I remember the day when I said, okay, God has given me the strength and the courage um, to change my life. Um, I, I still have this vision of myself walking through this door into freedom. I didn't know, I don't know what's on the other, you know, what, what that means, you know, none of us know what tomorrow is going to bring us, but I do know that I am so much more comfortable with myself than I ever was. And it's, um, and it seems like an oxymoron, uh, or a paradox because, I always thought that you know, without the food and the extra weight i i couldn't i didn't know who that was, so um since I was willing to take a bet and rely on a higher power, I got to find out who that is, and you know she's not a perfect person. I'll tell you that um and being married reminds me of that I mean when we're married, we get to be very intimate um in terms of our character defects are kind of right there. It's kind of hard to hide (laughs) that. So having said that, I have an immense amount of gratitude for this program, for the fellowship, for the 12 steps. And um, I'm, I'm really glad that I got to be here with all of you. Thanks.
0: Thank you. Let's thank our speakers for sharing their experience, strength, and hope as they take a seat on stage for the Ask It Basket questions. Does anybody care if they stay right there? They have to be to the microphone. Ah. Well, I could pass it. Okay, so there are a couple of questions here. Anyone who wants to answer it? Have you ever experienced ridicule or non-acceptance with your sexuality in the rooms of OA, and what did you do? Anyone? Anyone?
4: Hi, I'm April, Aunt, compulsive overeater. I don't think I've ever experienced that from people in the rooms. I've ex- I have only perceived that I might. So it wasn't something that anyone demonstrated to me. It was more a fear that I had. And fortunately, it never got realized.
0: How has being LGBT helped you relate to and work the program? as opposed to making it more difficult. Next, <laughs> how has overeating helped quell your anxiety regarding your sexuality and what did you what do you do now to quell the anxiety without overeating?
1: Carol compulsive Uh, overeater I think I mentioned before that anxiety was a huge it was just the fabric of my life and um, so a lot of the internal struggle of um, I think it was mentioned just now that I would perceive no matter who was out there what they you know all of your faces um, reflected to me how you were thinking poorly of me (laughs) Um, Of course, you didn't probably even notice me, but that was a different issue. Um, So anyway, the program in general, every aspect of the program has helped on that. The um, learning to trust, the working the steps, the self-acceptance that comes from working the steps, the sharing intimate, um, you know, just to acknowledge to a sponsor, you know, I was pissed off at somebody that was huge and that fact that she didn't run out of the room whether it had to do with me you know with my um lgbt issues or my just not wanting to not be a nice girl so um i think all the issues that all of all of those steps and the tools that have helped me with my food it trans it translates it translates to all the issues so anyway
0: Thanks, Carol. <clears throat> For those of you with partners, tell us about how they feel about your association with o a Is it important that they value the o a program? Why don't you just stay up here <laughs>
1: Well um, because i met my actually I met my partner in a different 12 step program so um That was the foundation, 12 steps was the foundation of our relationship. And when I went kind of off the deep end with my eating behaviors, um, I didn't realize that it was affecting our relationship. So um, because we would eat together, she gained weight with me too, but she was able to lose the weight relatively easily once she kind of went, oh, wait a minute, what am I doing? And for me, it was a totally... Different issue. So when I became willing a few years ago to go to a more um, rigorous form of weighing and measure my food, restricting my meals, I would sometimes go, "Okay, I've had enough of this." You know, I've lost some weight. I don't need to be this rigid. And she would say to me, "You know, I think it's kind of important. You're a real compulsive overeater." And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And um, so it's been kind of a gift in a at the moment when it's said to me. It's said, been said to me a few times. You know, if this really makes you unhappy when you eat, it makes you really. Um, she didn't say I was mean, but I know there's an element of that. And um, so it's been a tr- uh, it's been very helpful to have her say that to me, and to really acknowledge, oh, this doesn't just affect you. This affects me too, and this affects how you are in the world. So. Thank you.
4: My wife is not in program. She never um, has been in any kind of program. Um, It was an issue for her that I was in program. Um, She had to come to terms with that. She um, didn't really know any people who were in program, and she's uh, really down on religion and God. So, um, she had to. She's the one who had to come to terms with that. I wish, you know, it would be nice. I sometimes I imagine what would it be like to be married with someone who's also in program and shares a spiritual approach to life um, and the joys of the fellowship. Um, but I don't. That's not who I happen to fall in love with, and it's an issue for her that I spend time. Doing service, uh, but you know, as I remind her, you know, your work and is what's important to you. Um, and even though I don't make money at program, that's what's important to me. And um, the difficulty for me is that she struggles with her weight, and I can't say that. Well, you should come into OA. I can't even say say that to myself that that would be the solution for her. All I know is that um, having someone who has eating patterns that sometimes can be triggering for me has been an issue that I get to work my program around. Um, So um, that's just one of those things that, you know, I guess some families it's one person is Jewish and one person is Catholic or something, but... um, that's just the way it is, and um, I'm not bitter, or unhappy about it.
0: Thank you. Any other questions? Okay. Going once. Sawyer.
4: I don't know if this was um, addressed yet. I'll just ask it directly. Um, How do you feel um, the oppression from external forces in society um, have contributed to your um, obsession with food?
2: Hi, I'm Nate, Compulsive Reader. Yeah, I felt it, the oppression from society quite strongly. I um, was quite the people pleaser, so I wanted to be who everybody wanted me to be, which is impossible, because everybody has different opinions. <laughs> so, I, and also that wasn't me, so to be somebody I wasn't um, was quite painful. And um, I turned to food. I turned to food, and I ate and ate and ate. I binged and binged and binged. So, and then and then it was just a, a vicious cycle. Then I became depressed over eating and and what I was doing to myself. So uh, I just became more and more desperate. So I became more and more in need of OA. And in OA, I learned to let go of what people think of me, and to let go of that oppression and realize that what matters is what I think of myself primarily and to focus on that and to focus on treating myself with kindness and love and self-acceptance thank you
0: let's thank our speakers Carol, Nate, Cynthia and April and Forrest as our timer for their experience, strength, and hope, as they, uh, well, no. Not that. Um, it's now time to close this session. Please stand and join hands as we close with the serenity prayer.